Blog Talk Radio. I'm your host, Baba Tahuti Westfield Ray, welcoming you to this evening's show, Tuesday, April 22nd, 2014 at 9 p.m. It's again a pleasure to be with you, and I do appreciate you sharing your evening with us. Again, um, as always, before we go forward with the show, we give homage and praise to the one most high, to our ancestors, uh, to my dear wife and my dear mother, my siblings, my daughter and her family, and all of you throughout the community of, of cyber world and uh, the social network community of friends and family, I, I give uh, uh, thanks to all of you and I praise your spirit. Namaste. Indeed, uh, we had a, a great show uh, Sunday evening, we had Dr. Chris Sawpaw, a naturopathic, uh, holistic doctor, um, and we spent quite a bit of time, my wife and I, uh, had the pleasure of, of uh, spending uh, uh, an evening with him last Sunday talking about things that were extremely interesting in terms of uh, uh, holistic uh, health and diet and healing, and if you'd like to... Um, listen to that show, it's in the archives, just go to the website, uh, my page on blogtalkradio.com at Grassroots Holistic Health, and you will be able to access uh, that show. And um, as most of you who have been tuning in for the last week or so, um, you know that I've been covering, uh, reviewing a book titled African Holistic Health by Dr. Leela O. Africa. And uh, I've gotten very positive, uh, a lot of positive feedback about his book and about the show as we have been reviewing his book. And uh, I'm just happy to, to, to have that happen because of the fact that, you know, I, I'd like to definitely be able to uh, excite the listeners, those of you who tune in, uh, to have as much excitement as I have when I review certain books and I deem that they may be of interest. Now, this evening's show is titled uh, Black, Folk, Black Folks and Sex. And uh, this is a, not an arbitrary um, title that I chose, but it's a title which uh, Dr. Africa uh, embedded into the, his book of uh, African Holistic Health. And it's just really so uh, on time in terms of synchronicity. Just so happened that this morning I, uh, I usually look at the news and, I, and the weather and so forth. And the channel, I left it on the channel, and uh, there was a show that came. I won't name the show, but uh, a talk show came up. And um, the host uh, during the show um, approaches people in the audience and to ask questions that hopefully they could give an answer to that would be of help. So this young lady was approached uh, of African descent and was asked what was her question. 
And she had said, well, my husband and I got married a few years ago, and, and we agreed that we would have two children. And uh, my child now, I think it's a daughter, is, was nine months of age, and she found out that her, her husband had changed his mind about having an additional child, even though they had agreed to have two children initially uh, before they got married and, and even during her first pregnancy. And, and he seemed to be, but actually what happened after the first child was born, the, the husband changed his mind. So she wanted to ask the host if she should um, do what some friends of hers had suggested for her to do, and that was to trick her husband and to get pregnant without him knowing that he did not desire to have another baby. So the host asked the audience, as it were, what did they think? And the audience, the majority of them said, yes, trick him. And, um, and she said, I'm not going to say anything, but you look in my eyes and you'll see what I mean, and uh, you just follow suit. In her eyes, she indicated that she was in agreement with the audience. I bring this up because of the fact that, indeed, the contents of this section of Dr. Africa's book touches upon that. And even other books that I've reviewed, such as um, Of Water and the Spirit and the Healing, uh, the, uh, the Spiritual Healing of Africa, um, The Healing Spirit of Africa, rather, and by Dr. Maladoma Somme. And then also the um, the healing drum by brothers Yaya Diallo and brother Mitchell Hall, and they allude, not even allude, but actually share the the historical history, uh, our story, if you will, of um, how the village, the African village, throughout all the countries in Africa, and all the indigenous people within these countries who followed the traditions going back thousands and thousands of years. Sex was not treated lightly, and needless to say, bearing children was not a, 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 uh, a far-going or passing and light-treated uh, endeavor just to have children. Some of us have children in this society, in the Western society, uh, just as a, uh, a means of showing that, you know, you're able to have children and you want to have a complete family, you know, husband, wife, with children, and then some of us have children so that we can have a companion or to satisfy the ego. Or some of us have children so that indeed as we get older and get into old age, we have someone that we can be assured will uh, take care of us and, and, and assist us in our um, becoming an aged uh, person. An elder. So there are various reasons, and I'm sure I'm not covering all of them, but uh, indeed um, there's something that's, that strikes out in terms of the tradition of childbirth. Number one, reincarnation. And I just was really well found out recently, uh, a few weeks ago, that uh, the male, as opposed to the female, is the conduit of the uh, ancestor who is returning, who is reincarnating, and it comes through the male's um, energy, if you will, whether it be yin or yang, I, it comes through his um, uh, uh, lineage, as it were, ancestral lineage. And, of course, that's just a, 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 um, a school of thought coming from a certain group of people, and I'm not, I'm not sure how universal that is. I have to do more research in that area. But is there something to, to just understand that, indeed, it's universally agreed upon that every soul, every spirit that manifests in being born uh, into a human body on this earth plane, in this earth school, is a result of a, uh, a previous Spirit, an ancestor, coming back again to work out his or her karma, to uh, go through this journey, this earth school, so that indeed lessons can be learned and a purpose can be fulfilled 
that was left uh, un unfulfilled in a previous life, and also to assist, to be angelic, uh, to become, if not a healer, uh, a, a, a guru, a, a shaman, a seer, a mystic, a, uh, a, a, a nurse, a doctor, a minister, or any other of the various uh, thousands of categories in terms of the levels of human um, uh, performance and, and uh, purpose. Uh, I learned this initially by reading the Bhagavad Gita, and those of you may know of the Bhagavad Gita, which originated from India, um, and then they have what, they, what is known as the Srimad Bhagavatam and others, uh, other spiritual books which were written by um, men of high and women of high ascension and understanding. So without digressing any further, though, uh, it just struck me when going back to the show this morning that uh, indeed this woman now is on the path, if, if not has con and actually done the deed, but has gotten pregnant um, without her husband knowing initially, I guess, and then telling him eventually, and then saying that, oh, it was an accident. So what do you have here? You have two different things happening. Number one, she wasn't in complete agreement, or in agreement at all with her husband in terms of what his desire was. And, of course, uh, we're talking about a partnership. When you talk about a marriage, a, a husband and wife, you, 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 you come to the table or you're laying in the bed, you're on a, the love seat in the den, and you're talking, and those things that you're talking about have to be uh, in, in accord in terms of the both of you agreeing upon what is being discussed in terms of uh, planning for the family, especially if we're talking about children. So now we have the potential of of a disagreement, of an argument, of, God forbid, of a separation of sorts. And I'm sure that has happened in the past where a scenario like this evolved and, of course, the marriage was jeopardized, the, the harmony of the marriage, the unity of the marriage. So it's very important that we bear in mind that we have to be as truthful to one another as possible and we have to respect the rights and wishes of each other uh, and I'm going to make one more uh, reference to this incident or this, this scenario and, uh, that happened, was that um, the host emphatically told the young lady, well, uh, this is your body. You have this say of what happens to your body. The baby comes through you, and so forth and so on, as if the husband had no rights, as it were, and that ultimately she has the right uh, to do what she wants to do with her body even including having a baby at the, um, at the uh, uh, rejection or objection, rather, of her, of her husband. And, of course, what can she say if, indeed, they, they uh, decided to not continue the marriage and worst-case scenario and then, you know, support is, is not being given? And, of course, that's the husband's argument, just because of the fact that we couldn't sit down and have a heart-to-heart -heart discussion. So the, uh, the, the topic this evening, again, black folks and sex. Now, Dr. Africa goes on to state that in nature, there are specific laws for mating, for having sexual intercourse, and mating seasons for all animals, insects, and plants. All animals, insects, plants follow a mating law is except the Caucasian race of those of European influence as opposed to those of us from African influence, African descent. And this has a cultural difference relative to cultural sexual behavior. Following the Caucasian non-cyclic sexual rituals and ceremonies and the primary, is the primary reasons why humans have the highest reproductive failure rate of all animals. All animals that hunt and eat during the daylight hours have sex during the daylight hours, except Caucasians and Africans that follow Caucasians' sex rituals and ceremonies. Caucasians and those black folks who follow Caucasian sexuality are the only animals that have venereal diseases. Sex is a political and social language of a culture, 
mating, petting, intercourse position, and erotic areas of the body are culturally specific. Sex should reinforce the culture and spiritually elevate the individuals. Sex should be based upon ma'at, principles of rewards and punishment. There are many ways that black folks violate their African cultural sex laws and mating rituals and ceremonies. An understanding of the cultural defined sex laws are needed in order to avoid sexual violations. The natural rhythm of the body indicates that between the hours of 10 a.m. and 2 p.m., there are increases in the body's temperature, depth of respiration, taste, blood sensitivity, hearing and seeing activity, responses, respiration, eye blinking, pulse, etc. The peak physical performances, performance time for the human body is reached during the day hours and not the night hours. The influence of the moon on sex and menstruation is often used to justify mating at night. Lunar uh, periodicity does not affect sexual mating of other mammals. The influence of the moon upon rituals and ceremonies and customs and physical activity, habits, and emotions is a culturally learned response. Uh, the cosmic forces acts upon the moon. The moon is reacting to a force and is not the originator of force energy. The moon is not proactive but reactive, and it reacts to this force cyclically. Africans can absorb and radiate the Earth, lunar moon, solar sun, galaxy cycles that are harmonized by their high melanin body content. Caucasians' melanin uh, abolism allows them to only fill the earth and moon, the lunar cycles. They believe that a ball of dirt called the moon is more powerful than the holistic forces that moved the moon and created the moon. The dirt worshippers think that the moon is the originator of force, thus energy. And this is similar to believing that the hands of a clock cause the mechanisms inside the clock to work. The reacting moon is an indicator that the nervous system and emotions are being psychically aroused, and this stimulation is transmitted or translated to mean sex. The diet and not the moon can influence the lunar porosity of women and men, indicated by Dr. Uh, Professor Elhert's works, The Mucusless Dietary Healing System. I used to have that book. I have to look for it in... Uh, and, and Amazon or what other book resource and see if I can access it. And uh, I also recommend that uh, those of you that when the books that I review, that feel, please feel free to go to my website at drumsofchange.com and uh, you'll be able to purchase uh, my book, any books that I review, especially the book that I'm reviewing this evening uh, by Dr. Africa, African Holistic Health. I would be remiss if I did not um, mention uh, that my wife just walked into the studio, and I'd like to take the moment to welcome her. How are you doing, honey? I'm doing great. How are you? I'm fantastic. This is an interesting topic this evening. Oh, isn't it, though? Yes. Yes. I thought it would have a broad interest. And some topics like this I think you can't really exhaust in terms of the nuances. Well, I believe that many people are not aware of the teachings that you're bringing forth this evening because it's not something that's talked about. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. That is true. That so is it's, true. it's just necessary. That's what I love about your show because you, you bring forth topics that people need to know about and they're topics that you don't really hear at the water, around the water cooler at the job <laughs> right, or you don't really hear people talking about things like that in the coffee house. Maybe I go to the wrong coffee yeah. house, but I don't know. <laughs> but um, <laughs> but it's, it's really true. And uh, this information, it, it, can, it can seem quite obscure. Oh, uh, that's for sure. That's, that's true. That's true. Especially those of us in the Western Hemisphere. Exactly. Mm -hmm. Perhaps those of us, you know, from the Far East, uh, from Africa, from other African diverse countries, from India, you know, uh, from the Asian countries. Right, because you mentioned the Bhagavad Gita, the holy book, 
And um, many people have never heard of it. That's true. And actually, I never heard of it till I met you. So, mm-hmm. you know, and I consider myself pretty learned, but yes. I don't know everything. Yes. I haven't been exposed to everything. Mm-hmm. So it's so important um, to have shows with diversity such as this one mm-hmm. because people need to know. Knowledge is power. Absolutely. Well, I'm so happy you, sh- you shared that thought because uh, I, I, humbly I'm just trying to share what little bit I know. And, and to hope that it can be gravitated uh, 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 taken on by um, those who listen to the show and that it gravitates and, 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 and gives that impulse of inspiration and motivation to do your research well, and to have an open mind. Well, don't be fooled. Um, there's a cultural revolution happening right before our very eyes. Absolutely. That doesn't mean that everyone sees it just mm-hmm. because it's right in front of your eyes. Mm-hmm. But um, I'm very much aware that there's a cultural revolution occurring. Um, there, there are cultures that have been around, and because of the, uh, what should I say, misdeeds or uh, lack of integrity that some of these cultural groups are operating under, those groups are dying out. Mm-hmm. But in their dying out, they've created this cultural slash spiritual revolution because people are tired of the dogma, they're Mm -hmm. tired of the games, and they're tired of being exposed to the same old thing but just under a different name. People Mm -hmm. want something new now, and they want something that's real and something that's lasting. And so when you bring forth this information, not necessarily in a spiritual or dogmatic, not spiritual, but not necessarily in a religious or dogmatic manner, Mm -hmm. people are able to say, yes, this is the knowledge. Mm -hmm. This is what we've been looking for. This is what we've been trying to learn so that we can assist ourselves and our family. And so that's what I see going on, and I see your show as a very integral part of this cultural slash spiritual revolution. Well, thank you, honey. Yes, thank you. And yeah. I'll stop talking now. <laughs> no, no, please, please. No, I could go on and on. Yes. I'll stop. I'm no, done. I, I, I welcome your um, input. It's always um, of substance, you know. In but that's what's happening, you know. I and you know, you know the personal. Um, journeys, because I have to put an S on that, personal journeys that I've been on, Mm -hmm. and you know of the most recent one, how very badly um, that group that I was involved with, how badly they failed. Mm -hmm. You know, what a disgrace, Mm -hmm. what a disservice Mm -hmm. to so many people. What a disgrace. Mm -hmm. And in the name of a spiritual group, Mm -hmm. that's just disgraceful. So people are looking for something different now. Mm. And I also see more solitary practitioners on the rise because people are tired Mm -hmm. of the dogma and the previous games that people were playing all in the name of spirituality, all in the name of to bring themselves up, Mm. but not necessarily bring other people up with them. Mm. So people are tired of that. They were, bring, they were dealing with their lower self. Yes. Trying to bring people up. Yes. Rather than dealing with the higher self. Right. And bringing people up. Right. And these things exist all over, and there's no need to put a name to it, mm-hmm. to the organization or a name right. to the person. or There's up no to the need show. to slander or anything because yeah. then that just keeps you in their realm. People want to know the gossip. Well, who was it? What was she talking about? Who, what, who it was, what it is, that's not important. Right. What's important is for people to recognize, to be careful if you're going to be involved in any type of organization, do your due diligence, mm-hmm. research as much as you can, and keep in the forefront that the one most high God is the main entity that should be looked at. Mm-hmm. And the most high God will then lead you to information such as what you're sharing on your show. And you don't have to be part of a group or anything. Mm -hmm. Someone can listen to your show, Baba, Mm -hmm. and get life knowledge that they need Mm -hmm. without having to have gone through, you know, certain doorways. 
I'll put it that way. Absolutely, absolutely. And that way they don't have the scars and the remnants and the bad feelings and those type of things. They don't have to go through that. People join organizations because they want the camaraderie. They want to get the knowledge. And when they see someone posing as guru mm -hmm. that has a little bit of knowledge above what they have, people, you know, human nature is to gravitate towards that person or group, latch on and try to get some of what they have, hmm. only to realize they didn't have all that much. <laughs> and then, I'm not trying to be funny, Bob. Right, 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 right. <laughs> right, they came right. out funny, no, but I'm not trying right. to be funny. And hmm. then to have someone from a similar organization call me on the phone from a different state and say, how do you rate this arena? And for me to have given it a zero and for them to have felt so bad mm. Mm -hmm. and, and look for ways to how can we re-resurrect re this type of thing? And the answer is no, mm. because you can't resurrect it. Mm. You shouldn't want to resurrect it. Mm. You should want it to evolve into something better than. Mm -hmm. You shouldn't want to resurrect what no longer serves a purpose, mm. but it did serve a purpose at that time. Mm -hmm. And you now let it go. So this information you're providing is assisting those who are part of the cultural, spiritual revolution, whether or not they voluntarily mm -hmm. enlisted in it mm -hmm. or whether they just happen to be at the right place at the right time, mm -hmm. this information is helping many people. Mm -hmm. And for that, I'm grateful. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. So much, so much. So I'm much. done. I'm just talking and talking, but I'm done. No, no. <laughs> really? I appreciate, though, the input, and I'm sure those who are listening and uh, this evening and who will be listening in the archives will appreciate what you just said and, and understand that, indeed, um, we all have our journey. But many of us feel that we're on a journey by ourselves. But, uh, and I mean, you're not. No, you're not. You're not. No, there are many of us who are experiencing on various levels, various degrees, the same journey, having the same revelations, uh, going through the same trials and tribulations on different levels and different times. But uh, the, the fact of the matter is, is that we all are alive now at this moment. For a reason. For a reason. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. We all are here for a reason. And we all are here, we want to be here in a certain time span, whether it be uh, 60, 70, 80, 90, 100, 150 years, whatever the amount of time that we're going to be here realistically, you know, we understand that indeed we have work to do. But time goes by very fast. Yes, it does. So we don't have the time. Once, once we learn that we're playing, that we've played certain games that weren't productive, stop playing. Then we stop playing them. If you're if you're calling yourself an adult, you stop doing the kid games. Even children migrate from game to game based on their level of growth. You know, because you find them to not be interesting and, and, and so forth. That's uh, right. So we need to stop playing destructive games. We need to, as, as the subject matter this evening, uh, as black folks, uh, folks of African descent, we cannot continue to be playing the same games over and over again, expecting different results. Because as my wife always reminds me, that's a sign of insanity. That's <laughs> the definition that people use for insanity. Yes. yes. But that, that uh, anecdote that you gave in the beginning of the show with that young lady who was going to trick her husband into having a baby. She's like, she's like on a runaway train. She doesn't realize that she's on a runaway train. Mm -hmm. But unfortunately, what happens, many people look at, I think you said you heard this story on a talk show mm -hmm. or yes. a television show or something, mm -hmm. and, and people, have to, people have to use their minds. Um, there's a there's a uh, an underlying basis for all of these shows, and it's to get ratings. And I really feel, uh, with the exception of a few people like maybe Oprah and Dr. Phil, they're sincere. Mm -hmm. 
Mm-hmm. They're really trying to help people to the best of their abilities. A lot of these other shows, they're just there for ratings. Right. And you got to be careful when you call in and you want advice because their advice might not necessarily be in your best interest. It's in the best interest of boosting the ratings of the show. Absolutely. But you have to be really careful. Mm-hmm. So, you know, again, that's why I'm, I'm talking so much about, about um grassroots holistic health this evening because that's what we need. We need grassroots. We need a grassroots movement, mm-hmm. which is the underlying basis for the spiritual slash cultural revolution. Mm-hmm. I like that. So that people get the knowledge that they need. They get the information that they need, and the people disseminating this information is operating in the basis of everyone's own best interest, not for self, a grassroots movement where people are willing to pound the pavement, tell the people the truth, teach the people the truth, and not create cliques and create um, these organizations where the people ultimately end up being abused. Mm -hmm. It has to be grassroots, put it out there. Where are the shamans? Mm -hmm. What happened to the shamans who went around healing with no... um, underlying motive, mm. with no ulterior motive. Mm. What happened to the shamans? Mm. They went place to place. They were taken care of. People fed them, gave them somewhere to sleep for the night or a week or whatever, you know, whatever length of time that they needed to be in that place. People took care of the shamans, and when they traveled, they knew that the Most High was going to lead them to another place where they could do their healing and the people would receive them and take care of them until it was time for them to move on again. Absolutely. So what happened? To, where are the shamans? I'm not meeting very many shamans. Mm-hmm. We're being shamans for the people to the best of our abilities. Mm-hmm. 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 What ha- we're, we need a gathering. We even had shamans. a shaman as a guest. Yes. To, to even confirm that we were on the right track. Well, the perfect example, Dr. Maladoma Sone. Yes. If he's not a shaman, I don't know who he, I don't know who is. He's in the air on in the airplane going place to place more than he's home. No, he's a shaman. He's, he's, he's truly a shaman. Yes. Yes, that's indeed. his title. Yes. But a lot of but we know a lot of people carry titles but mm. they don't exemplify their title. Absolutely. So what I'm saying about Doctor Sone is he has the title but he's also living mm. it. Yes. He's living yes. it. So we, we had the honor of having him in our home. And, and receiving the blessings of, of him being able to share uh, anecdotes and stories of his childhood and his family and his village and community, the elders and so forth. So um, those of you who are listening, I think by now you can understand from what my wife just said that uh, we're here, we're serious about our journey, about our purpose. And we're humbled also because of the fact that, as my, as, as my wife mentioned, um, we try to the best of our abilities. We are constantly in a state of learning mode. Each one, reach one, teach one. No one knows everything. But it behooves those of us who do know to share what they know to be righteous and right and correct. That's going to better the conditions of our family and our community and of the world for, for humanity. A perfect example is last night when we were watching the movie regarding um, Notorious B.I.G., Mr. Biggie Small, yes, right? Yes. And uh, it really moved me to see, you know, it's, it's unfortunate the Most High put him here for a reason, and he didn't shy away from his purpose. He did what he had to do, and, it, you know, on one hand, it's a tragedy of the way that he was killed. But in his death, you got to see how much love that he was able to give to people of of that hip-hop culture that he belonged to, and not only just the hip-hop culture, but people in general, people in my generation who didn't grow up with hip-hop and might not even really understand it too tough and whatnot, and we, we loved him. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay, so in his death, there was there was love. I'm look, looking at the movie, and I'm like crying and everything. Mm-hmm. And it's like this this young man, at 25 he, years of age, 24 years old, mm-hmm. and he um, 
you know, he was assassinated. And here's the thing, on a lie. Yes. A lie. Yes. Yeah. He didn't even deserve to. He didn't even deserve to die. Not that anybody does, mm-hmm. but I'm just saying he was faultless of what he was accused of and what made these other people feel justified in taking his life. Yes, yeah. But look at what happened. This is somebody that was just totally, total life was like totally unfair mm-hmm. as far as the way he was taken out of here. But people are hanging out of their windows and rooftops, and you couldn't keep the crowd back. And they they put a put a boombox on loud to play his music mm-hmm. while the um, while the hearse was driving yeah. him through the neighborhood. And what does that show? The average person doesn't the average person doesn't get that no. that get that type of treatment when they pass on. So what was it in this young man's spirit? that made people react to him that way. And that's what—that's part of what I mean with the spiritual-slash-cultural revolution. He wasn't a religious young man. His mom was shocked when he said blessing at the table that night because he had never said it before. But yet there's something in this young man that people would look at and call him a gangster and a thug and all these different things. And I'm not saying he wasn't, you know, because he wasn't running around with a pistol and all of that. And, and, you know, that's not necessary, I think. And so I'm not saying he didn't do things that I'm not saying he didn't do things that society would look down on. I'm not saying that. But what I am saying is, despite his lifestyle, look at the amount of love he was able to garner from the masses. Mm -hmm. And the average person can't do that. Mm -hmm. The average preacher in the pulpit can't move people the way that young man moved people. Mm -hmm. And it was in love. You could that love emanated from him. Mm-hmm. I never met him, but I had met his mother, as mm-hmm. you know. Right. And um, this was a young man that had love emanating from him, and he grew up in a spiritual home. Mm-hmm. Okay? And that's what was in his spirit, despite his lifestyle. And when he was taken out of here, that's what the people felt. Mm-hmm. And that's why they mourned for him and received him the way they did. Mm-hmm. And that's what we talk about with a cultural slash spiritual um, spiritual revolution. People need healing. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. His music was Absolutely. healing to many, many people yes. because, as you said, they were able to relate to what he was talking about. Mm-hmm. Okay? And when people can relate to what you're talking about, when you can give somebody a personal word, mm-hmm. that's love. When they take that word, no strings attached, and you're delivering it to help them, not for any other, not for form or fashion, mm-hmm. not to show that you're smart, right. you know, for none of those reasons other than love. So love begets love. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, that's interesting you mention that because in my generation, the entertainment world, you know, Biggie Small was able to, through rap, in one evening, touch the hearts and give anecdotal uh, verse to hundreds if not thousands of people's life's journey. Mm-hmm. But if you go to a concert mm-hmm. and you hear someone performing like we used to, and it was usually about, um, what do you call it, uh, um, codependent and, and, you know, or if not that poor me type of psychological base of deliverance of the song. I can't live and without you. I My life is over. My heart is broken over. It was almost like I'll never love again. Subliminal suicide. Yes. You know, or I'm giving up. I'm giving up love. I'm giving up relationship. Giving up sex. It wasn't you know, empowering. The people weren't empowered. being empowered. Now the music was good. I love some yeah. R&B now. Yeah. Oh, it sounds good. But if you sit and listen to the words, mm-hmm. it's like, wait a minute. Yeah. Or it might it might resonate with with a few people at the concert or mm-hmm. a few people. But you're just you're buying it because it it has a sound. It good, sounds good. It's melodic. The music night is nice. It has certain licks in it. And so right, forth, but it's not great, empowering. But not empowering per se. Not healing. Now you get someone like a Biggie Small or a Tupac, you know, uh, Shakur, and my my spiritual brother Abia Juno Iwoli from the original Last Poets. They will be able to say something on stage through word of mouth, through the spoken word and resonate with hundreds of thousands, if not millions, because of the fact they're getting into core elements of life experience. Yes. So 
that's what we're trying to do here with this, the shows, like my show and, and, and my wife um, with her show on Sundays, is to present topics and, and have a discussion, have a conversation that can affect and help multitudes of us yes. to heal. And um, I'm just, again, I'm happy that, honey, that you, you decided to share your thoughts in uh, this evening's show because we cannot emphasize enough about the mission that we're on no, and the mission that we'd like to inspire others to go on. And that is, as you said, you know, it's already happening. There is a spiritual and cultural revolution that's happening. Right in front of right our eyes. Right in front of our eyes. As we speak, as we, as we breathe, it is happening. Yeah. It's evolving. You can't see the forest for the trees at times, you know. And right. This is a prime example of that with many. So I'm going to take a short break and, and be back with the moment, Charlie. And please uh, stay tuned as we continue with um, Dr. Africa's book, African Holistic Health, and the section, Black Folks and Sex.
Okay. I must add also that I'm not a medical doctor, those of you who are listening, and, and I'm not here to recommend any treatments or any make any diagnosis. So what I'm here to do, though, is share information about the health uh, practices and products that my family and I engage and use. And I suggest, though, that before trying anything new, that you consult with a licensed medical practitioner. Uh, with that being said, uh, we were reviewing from the um, book African Holistic Health, where um, I think I stopped talking about er Erhoc, Dr. Erhoc, uh, the Mucosidus Dietary Healing System, where he indicates that the lunar moon mating corresponds to the sexual erotic behavior of cultures which had festivals, religious rites, and also sex orgies during full moons. Female and male animals in the wild naturally state in the natural state, do not become sexually excited or controlled by the full moon. In a natural holistic state, the periodic mating season occurred according to the solar sun reaching to, to a force rather than lunar uh, periodicity. The sun cycle influenced people to have sexual intercourse once a year during springtime in monogamous and polygamous cultures. Among the polygamous, one wife and several husbands, Eskimos, uh, the solar sun cycle of the reproduction was quite inevident until 1940. Eskimo sexual breeding confirmed, uh, conformed rather, to the normal estrum, the sexual arousal of animals and human acculturated sex cycles. Humans have a reproductive procreative drive, not a sex drive. The sex drive is a culturally taught physical behavior. There are only reproductive drives in animals, plants, and insects. The African culture defines the sex organs as having two functions, reproduction, sperm ejaculation, and regeneration, ejaculation, no sperm release. Regeneration was and is used to stimulate energy centers and chakras and the pineal gland. The higher birth rate still occurs in a regular cycle. Statistics collected from France, Germany, Russia, Scotland, and England indicate that the largest number of births occurs in the month of February. This would indicate that human breeding occurred in May or June. The largest number of conceptions in Holland and France correspond to May, June, in Sweden to June, in Greece to April, and in Spain, Italy, and Australia to May. The furthest south in the hemisphere, births occur earlier in the spring and reproductive sex occurs earlier for conceptions. And these births indicate that sexual arousal for reproduction estrum occurs in the end of spring or the beginning of summer. Fragments of the reproduction and natural sex cycle still remains to be lesser extent within various human races, but the natural sex cycles, sex cycle indicates that in so-called primitive time races had only two mating seasons, one in spring and one during food harvest time. The procreation impulse was aroused at these times and had cultural symbolic meanings in arousal zones, rituals, ceremonies, petting, and sex positions. And when sexual intercourse became less spiritual, and more sensual and acrobatic, and the diets denatured, the birth children became denatured, less spiritual, morally weak, emotionally motivated, and physically weak. In some so-called primitive peoples, the, the remnants of a human mating cycle are still evident. Children of the Simag and Aboriginal tribes of the Sami state of labor, of, of Jayla rather, are usually born in March and immediately after the wet season. This indicates in conception in June. Among the Native Americans, certain tribes in Hinduism, among the Eskimos and the Native Australians, the breeding occurs in the spring. In the book titled History of Human Marriage by Westermack, the human mating season reveals evidence of occurrence in spring or early summer. 
So let me just back up for a minute. I know that as a young man, um, I, I was raised in a um, an environment. I'm the eldest of five siblings. When I was a teenager, uh, youngster, I was the eldest of four siblings. Um, actually, I have uh, uh, I had two brothers and two sisters, and my sister under me uh, passed away. Bless her soul. Uh, last year, 2013. But um, my mother primarily raised us as a single parent, and my stepfather was in and out. Uh, I won't get into that. I discussed that in previous shows. But I spent some time in my formative uh, teenage years in a boarding school group home. And we were educated uh, we helped each other. The brothers and sisters who grew up with me, we helped each other to grow and to learn. And somehow or other, we navigated this terrain of sexual education um, amongst ourselves, basically self-taught. But I know that one of the initial things that we learned was the fact that when you socialize, and we used to have a social uh, every Friday uh, during the um, spring months, and then sometimes maybe at least once a month. And social involved us dancing to the old tunes. Uh, back then, that was the uh, uh, the oldies, but goodies, the, the, the rock, the uh, Motown sounds. And even before then, um, I'm, I'm, I'm lost for the classification of that, but it was, you know, the Louis Lyman, the Frankie Lyman, and uh, Jackie Wilson, Chuck Berry, uh, Little Richard, and then, of course, he had all the groups, the Delphonics, you know, the Chantels, and on and on. Uh, these groups were very popular. And as my wife and I was mentioning earlier in the show, a lot of the songs were, the love songs were basically um, codependent, uh, poor me, you know, baby, I can't do without you. If you leave me, don't leave me. I won't be able to live again, uh, live any longer, and so forth. And um, and some of them were um, misogynistic in, in nature and really browbeating the woman, as it were, or if not even uh, making the man look as if he wasn't um, adequate in terms of being classified a man, uh, needless to say a lover. So we uh, engaged in these social activities by going to the liquor store and buying a bottle of wine or, or, or something that was hot or whiskey or whatever the case may be, and just to get our heads light and high so that we would have the courage to talk to the women, to the young ladies, rather. And, of course, we thought that we could copy the, the songs and, and the words that we use in the songs and, and have that in our vocabulary in terms of our social intercourse uh, doing the social dances with these young ladies. And, of course, you know, we all played this role. It was an act. We wore these masks uh, on top of masks because when you're getting high with an intoxin, uh, you're now uh, assuming another character on top of a character that usually is not who you really are. And, of course, that involves uh, telling lies and, uh, uh, you know, misleading manipulating and trying to just do your best to engage in this uh, this uh, particular uh, journey called uh, um, romance. But sex was primary on the top of the list because at that age, of course, that's what young boys and girls are thinking of, especially the young boys. And um, little did we realize back then that we were actually emulating a, as those of us of African descent were emulating an alien practice in terms of um, healthy uh, social intercourse, healthy mating, healthy mating rituals, as it were. And, of course, now fast forward that today, it is accepted that, uh, indeed, here in, uh, 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 we're in New York City, my wife and I live, and partying starts Thursday. It's Thursday, Friday, and Saturday, and in some cases even Sunday. Um, and if you're not partying, you're going to some type of dance club, a partying being at, at someone's home, or you're going to a dance club, or you're going to a bar, 
and of course there's all types of games that are being played uh, within those environments. And um, indeed, you have the fact now that uh, marriage is not the prerequisite uh, for having uh, a child, for giving birth. There are some men, mostly women though, who, who have children um, on, because they want to have children but don't want to be married. And then you have those who have children and they have a partner or they're married and the marriage doesn't work out because of the fact that they're not really adequately uh, uh, educated in terms of how to uh, uh, grow in a marriage and how to partner in a marriage and how to deal with conflict, how to deal with disappointment, how to deal with uh, the challenges that every marriage in, in, uh, goes through and even every relationship for that matter, whether it be friendship or living at home with your parents or with your siblings, there's certain skills, skill sets that have to be uh, learned in order to uh, be able to maintain harmony or when there's no harmony to be able to repair what needs to be repaired within the relationship so that there is harmony. So needless to say, um, by dealing with the children that are born out of a natural breeding cycle, that they are less intelligent and have a deteriorated health status um, by the findings of Dr. Africa. He goes on to state that a study in 1950s at Teachers College in New York City by Professor Ferriano and uh, Professor Kate Penter, which used 17,500 children, indicated that children born in the winter months at the latitude, uh, at that latitude, had a lower IQ than children born in the summer months. Children and animals have poor health and, and a shorter lifespan when born outside of the natural mating cycle. Children's poor health is caused by many factors, um, Caucasian, predatory, military governments, capitalists, uh, municipal nationals, uh, multinational corporations, the power elite, and the disease industry constantly need laborers. They emotionally and socially and psychologically train their citizen population to constantly breed children so they can constantly have laborers for the factories, armies, and secondary support industries. And this elite class creates a breeding labor peasant class. They are socially engineered to stop breastfeeding the children, thus stopping the, the, uh, of breastfeeding causing bonding disease, and makes the mother and the children available for work. The elite need consumers to exploit economically. Women and child labor is needed for factories. Cattle milk decreases and or stops the nursing period and the child's dependency or, or its mother. The use of processed or raw cattle milk has not reduced the psychological nursing, the physiological nursing period of children. Nursing periods last from two to five years. Pasteurized cow's milk is a cooked, slimy, white pus. It is denurtured because it is exposed to air, light, and temperatures above the temperature of the cow's body. Cow's milk, chucked from the teats, is not homogenized, homogenized, pasteurized, saturated with harmful antibiotics, chemicals, and estrogen, are exposed to light and air, and in its and it is drunk at the cow's body temperature. Breastfeeding averages three years in all colored cultures. Vegetable milk substitutes and cow's milk makes the mother available time for work. So working stops the baby's bonding, emotional learning and cultural learning. In nature, a baby attaches to the mother and the mother attaches the child to the culture. The introduction of vegetable and cow's milk, goat's milk in Africa destroys the cultural inference of the mothers upon the child and allows the child to attach to a Caucasian culture. No woman would think of breastfeeding a cow. A woman frowns upon the thought. And an infant gets subtle acculturation with the rituals and ceremonies of breastfeeding and being with the mother. The mother's skin texture, conversations, emotions, behaviors, and movements are ways in which culture is transmitted. Cultural transmission stops when vegetable and cow's milk are given. 
The baby loses a vital means of being physical and spiritually taught language and thought by the emotional language that contacts that it contacts with by fresh breastfeeding. Now that says a lot. We're coming to the close of the show, but I just wanted to share with you that I, I have a friend. My wife and I both have friends uh, who are married, and the wife uh, happens to be a midwife. And she travels all over the, the Caribbean um, uh, diaspora and delivers babies for those who wish to have a natural childbirth in the home. And uh, her husband, my friend, uh, he uh, is a former engineer, uh, uh, owner of the of, of business, engineering business, and has retired and is now uh, involved with uh, – Actually, no, I'm sorry. He retired from his, his company, but he does work uh, for an engineering firm, uh, and he's approaching permanent retirement. But he's also an, a, a musician, and a, uh, a, a, he makes instruments like flutes. And, and, but point in fact, though, is that both of them are horticulturally uh, uh, trained. They're, they do... Uh, um, tours within uh, the wilderness, within parks, within uh, upstate New York, and within the Caribbean um, uh, sector, in terms of identifying herbs and 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 other um, trees and bushes and berries and just a host of things that have holistic medicinal attributes and benefits for the body and maintaining the body and also uh, correcting any dysfunction and dis-ease of the body. So I feel very blessed to have them in my life to uh, inspire us, my wife and I, to delve into learning more about this particular uh, uh, area of, uh, of, of knowledge. And it just brings home what I just got finished relating to you about uh, this holistic, uh, African Holistic Health um, book that was published by Dr. Africa, and the section dealing with um, black folks and sex. So it begins to make a lot of sense, at least to me, and I hope to you, those of you who are listening, that um, we have been bamboozled. We've been hoodwinked. We've been manipulated, especially the, the piece that he talks about in terms of how uh, we are being controlled by an industry and also by a culture that is alienated to us but actually perpetuates a certain need which was what was done 400 years ago. We were forced, our ancestors were forced to come from Mother Africa into a land that was not um, welcoming of us as human beings, but we were subjected to uh, being treated less than animals, less than dogs, less than cattle. We were expendable. But they had, they would, we had, they had to depend on us, though, to uh, assist them, and not only uh, in terms of how to live and to be healthy, to get rid of disease, to, to uh, have a certain level of culture that was uh, taught to them and shared through our culture, through our understanding and, and, and our traditions and rituals, but also to provide labor, free labor. And now that we moved, we had the Emancipation Proclamation signed in, uh, in 1867, uh, I believe it was, uh, that uh, now we, we still are being manipulated because there's a need for our labor. And how is that manipulation being enacted upon us? Through uh, certain modes of sexual indoctrination and also indoctrination via our uh, health uh, habits in terms of nurturing our bodies through eating uh, food that is not necessarily healthy for us, starting with us not being able to be uh, breastfed by our mothers because of the fact that, indeed, we're inclined to drink milk that's pasteurized and other things that are pasteurized and, and, and not really uh, to our benefit and we lose now the bonding of the mother, and that's really resonated with me when I read this, that uh, the mother, the process of bonding with your mother allows her 
to transfer information, to give information on a cultural and spiritual level that can never be replicated. So anyway, we're at the end, and I'm going to continue from where we left off tomorrow evening, and I hope that what I've shared uh, is uh, pun intended food for thought, and uh, we look forward to you joining us again tomorrow evening. So again, we end as we begin by giving praise and homage to the one most high, to our ancestors, to my lovely wife, to my lovely mother, and my dear uh, family, my, my daughter and her family, my siblings, and all of you throughout the uh, social network and cyber world, I, I send love and thanks to you. Namaste, Hetepu, Assalamu alaikum, Shalom, all my relations, peace and love to everyone, and have a blessed evening.